around the corner. Joining us now from SMU 247 and LSU 247, Billy and Body. Billy, how are we today? Doing well, guys. How about you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. SMU, let's start with them. And for this offense, it's starting to kind of come together for this offense. They have to find a quarterback to step in, and the offensive line is starting to come together. Is this offense has a chance to be the most explosive offense we've seen from SMU in a while? And that's a big statement. Yeah, exactly. That would that, that is a big statement, but it really does have the chance to be. I mean, you know, Tanner Mordecai, I was out at practice today, and he just really seemed to be the most comfortable that he's been. I mean, he was really, really aggressive down the field, which is something SMU wants to do. I think you look at the wide receiver core, and you have Danny Gray, Rasheed Rice, Reggie Robertson all back, but, you know, no one's talking about Jordan Curley, and he's an Arizona State transfer that came back to the state of Texas, and he's been probably the most consistent receiver in fall camp. He hasn't missed any time. Uh, he's been available. He's run the most routes out of any receiver in fall camp, and he's been a game-breaker, quite honestly. And, you know, I think SMU's defensive backs now, you look at them, they've got two former four-stars in Brandon Crosley and Jahari Rogers. They've got Armani Johnson, who uh, has played a lot of football, has been really good. And then uh, Bryce McMorris is a true freshman that looks like he's going to play a ton and has been you know, uh, even better than, than they kind of thought, I think, coming in. Uh, this year so they're going against a secondary that has improved at the corner position uh, but they've been able to make some big plays and so if those four stay healthy along with Grant Calcaterra the Oklahoma transfer and then Ulysses Bentley is a freshman All-American and Trey Siggers is a running back from North Texas who transferred who's looked really good this is an offense that uh, if Tanner Mordecai is, is playing like he was today is going to be really really good and probably the most explosive that it's been when you look at this defense, and there's some question marks about the defense coming in, and, and even in, in the past couple of years, the defense had its its moments, but it never really took hold of a game. Does this defense look like it's getting more comfortable in the scheme it's in now? Yeah, Jim Levitt took over in the spring, and the first thing he did was work those guys on running to the ball, running off the field, uh, playing aggressive. And it's really something that in fall camp has, has been probably one of the bigger storylines. You know, they go red zone. They go goal line, and it's in a it's a defense that has been able to, you know, I, I think with their pursuit, stop some of those plays that in the past they might have been scored on. The, the running back might have been able to make the second effort and get in, and it's about gang tackling. It's about running to the ball, and, you know, for as much of uh, the time that SMU's defense has struggled in, in moments, you know, they have been able this fall camp at least to show some depth. I think the defensive line, has athletes, long athletes on it. Um, outside of Elijah Chapman and Ter Terrence Newman, they're two plugs in the middle who are kind of sawed-off fire, you know, fire hydrant-type guys. Um, they have depth at linebacker. Delano Robinson's a captain uh, who, who has been really one of SMU's most consistent defenders. Richard Moore has looked like his old self at times. They added Isaac Slade uh, Matutia, uh, the Oregon transfer, who's expected to start for them, and he played for Jim Levitt. Uh, they've got Kiki Burns, a former a uh, really high-end prospect playing at outside linebacker. Uh, and then the secondary, if they can get their safety spots figured out and those guys can cover, the corners have done a really nice job. Uh, there really haven't been many, uh, you know, busts, wide open, big plays. This is a defense that's communicating really well. There's still a unit that you want to see it on the field before you say they're going to be, you know, this, this you know, high-end defense for the AAC. It's a tough league to play in, uh, but, 
just at least what you've seen from fall camp, you've got to be encouraged. And Jim Levitt has led a lot of year one turnarounds whenever he's taken over defenses. Hey, Billy, I'm going to take you off the field for a minute. Uh, with the landscape of, of college football changing, what are you hearing out of SMU? What are you hearing out of the AAC when it comes to what's going on in the SEC and the addition of Texas and Oklahoma and, and the alliance and, and, you know, the Big 12 and it, its status? What are you hearing from the ponies and, and what are you hearing out of the, out of the conference? You know, the league is one that is probably, with with all the realignment, one of the more stable ones. And what I mean by that is no one in the league really seems to be in a hurry to make a rash decision and jump to this conference or jump to that conference or make their push or you know, want to leave. I mean, it's a conference that has UCF, Cincinnati, Memphis. Those teams have been up at the top of the conference for a while. SMU, Houston, Navy, uh, Tulane, they've all made their, their own uh, noise in different ways in the past. So it's a league that's really comfortable with where it's at, and it has an ESPN contract. So, you know, that it's a league that I think when they look at their long-term future, probably want to look at trying to pick off, honestly, some of the Big 12 teams uh, and add and become a super conference and, and build that way, um, have really strong regional rivalries if you can pick off some of those Big 12 teams. And um, you know, go from there. The Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC Alliance is something that, at least from what I gathered watching the press conference today, it, it seemed like, you know, it's gentlemen's agreement at the end of the day, and they're not doing anything to change the current contracts in place or their scheduling. So I don't know how much it helps them in the immediate future. Uh, and the Big 12 is certainly shaky right now. So, for SMU, it's got to be the right move. It's got to be something that really bolsters them for, for years to come. You know, they've been, they were a part of the Big East expansion that honestly fell apart, and uh, we got the AAC that uh, we see today in college football, and it's honestly a league that's made a lot of noise. If you're talking about a 12-team playoff, they've had a team in the rankings that would be in that playoff every single year except one. Uh, their conference champion has been up at the top. So I think right now, I mean, honestly, it's wait and see. Uh, they don't want to do anything rash. They think they think the league they have is very good, um, you know, and that's kind of where it stands. Billy, wouldn't a natural fit if the Big Twelve does splinter, and I expect it to splinter apart myself. I, I know I don't know anything, I but I, I think it's going to splinter apart uh, all on its own. Would TCU and a Baylor and, and maybe an Oklahoma State or Texas Tech be the natural fit for this conference? I think those would be the natural fits, um, you know, especially TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, you know, Baylor. It, it's kind of funny. I mean, quite, quite honestly, you talk to people around, you know, your, your SMUs and even, you know, people uh, near TCU. And quite honestly, Baylor is a school that, you know, I think they should add. Me personally, I think they bring a lot to the table uh, from what they've done in the past and, and, and certainly, you know, in the immediate past as well being in the big 12 championship but i just don't know if that's a school that they're going to all circle and be like let's go get and and kind of keep this texas group of schools together um quite honestly i've heard you know iowa state uh, i've heard kansas state uh, those are some of the schools that they've kind of uh, that have been floated in the you know expansion alignment kind of uh conversations that i've had with some people uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to baylor if that if the aac would get a TCU, a Texas Tech, an Oklahoma State, you know, the, those are three right there. And then if they can pick up one more, um, that kind of expands the footprint even a little bit. 
it'll be really interesting to see what happens to Baylor, quite honestly. For LSU, let's talk about the uh, Tigers and one thing that just came out of, of the Tigers and getting into the stadium, 12 or older, are going to have to provide proof of vaccination or a negative test for COVID within 72 hours. They're the first of the SEC to step up and say they're going to do this. Uh, do you see this as kind of a leading the way for the SEC with the Tigers? Uh, I think you're going to see a really mixed bag. Georgia came out and announced that they're not, uh, they're going to be at full capacity, no masks, no restrictions, um, no uh, proof of vaccination, uh, no uh, negative COVID test. And this one kind of makes sense in the sense that you look over at New Orleans and they just did this uh, locally where uh, they need uh, the same thing. Uh, and that's Tulane and, and the New Orleans Saints. So, it kind of makes sense from the state perspective. I don't think we're going to see it uh, everywhere in the SEC, but I could see it at certain schools. And honestly, just like I said, kind of a mixed bag. Hey, t- talk a little bit about Mac Jones and in, in, uh, Mac Johnson, rather, and in, in, in just what his skill set looks like uh, for LSU. Yeah, this new offense, I think, fits uh, Max Johnson a lot better than, than the old one. I mean, this is the offense that they're trying to bring back from when they won the national championship in 2019. A lot of RPO, a lot of um, getting him on, on the move a little bit to, to extend plays, allow him to do that and find some of these receivers they have running around. They still need receivers to step up outside of Kayshawn Butte, but Max Johnson, he's pretty steady. He doesn't, he doesn't get excited too much. Um, he doesn't really say much in the media i mean everything is honestly just just trying to get better you know i I think everyone's looked pretty good and you know we're we're gonna be we're gonna have a lot of fun and it's just really simple really cut and dry with him as far as you know how he um you know addresses the the media and addresses the future of the offense and all those things So he's really steady he's a competitor he's a you know the son of a super bowl Mm -hmm. uh winning quarterback and brad johnson He's got some athleticism to him. Uh, he really does. He's got he's got a four six forty in high school, thirty six inch vert. So he's got that athleticism. Uh, I think he's improved uh, throwing the football down the field, and especially with like I said, Keishawn Butte there. They're going to want to take advantage of that. They do have some speed in this freshman receiver class that has garnered some attention as well. Um, so I think Max is going to be pretty steady. There's really that's too big for him. He led the uh, win over Florida in the swamp. He led a shootout win against Ole Miss to cap the season. So I think, you know, him having that experience is going to give him a lot of confidence. And if they get any sort of run game, it's really going to help as well. I was going to say, because of the uh, his background and being around football, and as you mentioned, his father, uh, Brad Johnson, do you think that's why he may have that even-kill approach? I do. I mean, and I, I'm, ne- I'm never going to compare him to Joe Burrow until he would, you know, prove it on the field. But, you know, <laughs> Joe kind of Joe had that. Uh, has uh, that that kind of similar mentality, you know. Coach's son, um, you know, was a was a I think he was uh, a really really accomplished basketball player as well. I think he was on an all state team or something. He just, they're both really competitive. That's what kind of stands out to me, and you know that comes from Brad Johnson. I mean, this is a guy that he didn't miss many starts in the NFL. I mean, I remember I grew up in Tampa, and he uh, was out with a broken rib one week and back playing in the playoffs the next. So. Uh, tough toughness runs in his family. I think that's something he's picked up as well, and they're going to need him to be tough. It's just him and Garrett Nussmeyer as the two uh, scholarship quarterbacks. Billy and Body, LSU 247, SMU 247 with us here on Game Time on ESPN Central Texas. And, Billy, with the offense trending the way it is for LSU, is this defense going to have to step up and kind of help it 
get to where it needs to be offensively and, and get some stops to, to not put the pressure on this offense as it learns where it's going right now? I, I do. I, I think I think that's definitely the case. And if you look at this defensive line, they have a lot of talent. It's as deep as it's been since I started covering the team. And if they can get the pressure they think they're going to get from this four-man front there and stay installed, uh, that's going to help a lot. You know, the safety position uh, is one they kind of created some depth. They added a transfer in Major Burns, and they uh, moved Jay Ward from corner to safety, who's done some really good things so far. And they've got two corners in Derek Singley and Eli Ricks, who um, any NFL team right now would probably want on their roster, uh, even if uh, you know Eli Ricks probably isn't ready yet, but Derek Singley certainly is. So if they can get some stops, they can get some improved play from the linebacker position. Uh, it's going to be a defense that's much much improved. I think they've simplified things. And uh, if they, I mean, it's a low bar to beat last year's defense, but uh, <laughs> them stepping up and putting together a, a, a solid unit and uh, consistent one uh, would be huge uh, as far as uh, where this season could head for, for LSU. Hey, Billy, great stuff. We appreciate the time today. Go out and have a great one. We'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Billy and Bobby, uh, good stuff. And it's amazing, Ward, 